What's up, labial loves? Before we enter the lounge and get stuck into this epi, I wanted to tell you about my new online course that's about to go live. It's called Queen Out and it's a three-month course that's going to help you level up your sex life and relationship to yourself and others in every way. And I'm offering a massive discount to the courageous trailblazers who jump on board for this first time that I run the course. So Queen Out is on offer right now for half price to celebrate its inaugural launch and to get feedback on it before I launch it again at full price. So if you're ready to take your sex life into your own hands and go on a deep dive with me to feel more sexually empowered, confident, knowledgeable, and orgasmic, now is the time. Doors are open for the next week or so with this discounted price. And I won't be offering it at this price again as it's already a total bargain. And it's the culmination of my years of experience in the field of sexuality and women's work and personal development, facilitation. And I've put all my best material, tips and tricks in the one place for you. So I just know you're going to get so much out of it and start seeing transformation in all aspects of your life, but in particular, the bedroom. The course is for women who struggle with orgasm, self-love, and a lack of confidence or correct information around their sexuality. It'll help you feel more sexually alive, connected, confident, and comfortable in your sensuality through a combo of inspiring sex education, coaching, and embodiment practices. So it's pretty much your one-stop shop for learning how to own your sexuality, reclaim your pleasure, and queen the fuck out. So anyway, I'm super excited about it, and I can't wait to connect with you in the course. I'll pop the link and the discount code in the show notes for you and let you get into the episode now. This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. Ah, can never help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country, and I pay respect to their elders past, present, and emerging. Now, if you're ready, let's flap and do this. <laughs> oh God, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? <laughs> Whatever, I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull up the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. Hey, hey, love bugs. I'm really stoked to have you back in the lounge today because I've got an awesome topic for you and it's something that uh, a lot of clients ask me about. I find myself talking about it quite a lot, so I know that it's something that many women struggle with, and that is the difficulty with orgasming with a partner. So I've got Melissa Vrangis on to chat about 
um, all of this stuff with me. And she's the perfect person to address this because she's an internationally certified holistic sex coach based in New Zealand. And she's deeply passionate about teaching women how to feel liberated in their sex lives, fulfilled in their relationships and confident in the bedroom. And she supports hundreds of women to, you know, step past the fear and the shame that sex brings and feel unbounded with the possibility of their sexuality and relationships. Nice. So welcome, Melissa. Come and sit on this big old pussy couch with me, won't you? She's juicy. I'm in. So let's chat sex coach to sex coach. When women come, you know, who work with you come and they're having trouble orgasming with a partner, what are the main obstacles that you kind of have been discovering getting in the way of their pleasure? Mm. So first and foremost, I feel like this can be, it can be complex and also it can be so unique to each woman, um, person, vulva owner. So, you know, when I speak about this today, it really is like just zooming out and going, okay, what are the common challenges that I see when I work with women and people and plucking that out? So that's the first piece. And kind of building up on that is really understanding there are so many different parts to this. So there's psychological. Do you feel safe in your body, right? Do you feel safe in your partnership? Do you feel safe in your environment? Do you feel shame around parts of your sexuality or your desires or your kinks or fantasies? You know, what's really going on in your head because that plays a huge part as you know to our sexuality and being able to fully surrender so really understanding like what's going on in your head first and foremost and then really going into did I say psychologically first I did didn't I Mm -hmm. and then physiologically yeah so getting into the body then (laughs) what I say where am I um and then getting into the body so how do you feel about your body how do you feel about your pleasure how do you feel about your vulva your vagina how do you feel about yeah, your whole body and really going deeper with that is, again, is there shame around your body? Do you feel embarrassed to really open your legs and fully receive your partner or let your partner receive you? Um, and then, you know, we can go a little deeper with that, which I think is really important because we can go into arousal, sexual desire, Right. Even communication, right? Communication with your pussy, communication with your body, but also really understanding are things moving too fast for your body? Is there something happening where your body is shutting down and closing off and just going, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Like, not safe, not safe, quick shut down, abort orgasmic mission. <laughs> so <laughs> I think there's two parts that I like to look at this and it's really like head and body and what's going on there. Mm, Yeah, totally big time. Um, And, and I guess that's why I find there's, it's kind of common at least with the women that I chat to that there is this discrepancy where like she might be able to actually have an orgasm with herself, but then when there's someone else involved, 
it's like there's this whole other dimension. Firstly, it's like the, you know, you were saying psychological. So like, is she self-conscious of her body or performance anxiety? Like, are there insecurities? Is there shame or embarrassment around sexuality or genitals or even just like embarrassment and shame around her own pleasure and expression of that pleasure, you know? And then like on a physiological level, it might be that like partners um, don't really know how to like work with her body and you know, she doesn't know how to communicate her needs or like what she actually likes to tell them that. Um, it's like the physical, I guess, mechanics of sex with someone else versus with yourself where like, you know, if it's solo, you are in control and you can manage like the pace and the technique and the depth and like you kind of, you know, you're like in control of all that and you know what's up. Whereas if there's a whole other person involved, it's like quite tricky sometimes because, it adds this, you know, you've got to be able to communicate, you've got to be able to know what you need from them and what you want from them, what you would like them to be doing more of or less of. And, you know, they need to have some level of, um, I guess, like knowledge or uh, compatibility. They they need to calibrate to your body. Like there's so many different things that create uh, potential hurdles I suppose so it is like um yeah I I know what you mean it's like really complex and it's so different from person to person and then like couple to couple as well um but yeah do you find that you hear that a bit as well like it's not always just that they can't you know they're having trouble orgasming in general but it's actually more difficult when there's a partner involved totally yeah absolutely so I think you know, just seconding everything that you said is that as soon as we have that person in front of us, it's like, okay, we're not just solely focusing on ourselves. We've now got this human, their energy, their knowledge, their experience in front of us that we're now managing as well as our own arousal and our own pleasure. So I think that you know, a lot of women and people get really caught up around like, oh, well, I should just be able to get there in 10 minutes because I can self-pleasure and get there in 10 minutes. Like, why can't it happen when I'm with this guy or this girl, or this person? And we just totally forget we're taking on board somebody else's full energy field as well as our own in these intimate, vulnerable places and not taking that into consideration. And it affects us in massive ways. I know for myself that there's things that need to happen before I can fully surrender, right? Check-ins, checking with myself, checking with my partner, really understanding where I'm at. Like, am I super tired? Am I really stressed? There's different things that happen in my everyday life that can affect how I orgasm, what kind of orgasm, how long it takes me to even drop into my body, Um, Mm. you know, like where my partner's at, where have they had a really tiring day? You know, there's just so many different things that play into not being able to orgasm with our partner. And I just think we have these really high expectations that what we should be doing with ourselves, we should be doing, we should be able to do with another um yep. so yeah 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 absolutely and I think like it's also important to say like and I've said this before probably a bunch on this podcast but you know orgasm isn't the be all and end all and there's so many other things you can experience that are pleasurable or erotic or arousing or connecting and intimate um you know with someone else 
that don't, you know, require you to have that peak orgasm, you know, like you can be feeling Mm -hmm. sexual energy and orgasmic energy and, you know, subtle pleasure or even just like the, I guess, uh, joy or pleasure of connecting lovingly with someone and being intimate and being in a vulnerable space with them, you know, so like there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of other things you can enjoy, even if you're not having that peak orgasm. And I think those things get really like minimized and invalidated when as a culture, we all just pedestalize orgasm and focus on that peak orgasm so much Mm. that it means we feel like anything less. If we don't come, it's been a failed session. Like it's a failure. We're a failure. Our bodies are broken, you know? Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And like, I love that you've spoken to that because how can we really, and you know, this is another thing that I work with clients is like, how can we change our narrative around orgasm? Like, does orgasm mean success? Does that mean that we're like killing it in the bedroom and really reiterating or like, I guess just changing the narrative around what pleasure is and what eroticism is for us and like exactly what you said like why do we need a hierarchy our experiences in the bedroom sure some are like incredibly enjoyable and they have different levels of enjoyment for sure but I think when we can really look at how can I let pleasure or my eroticism or my sexual energy right now guide me, like what would happen if I fully just surrendered and go, okay, pleasure, take me, go on, take me, where do you want to take me? And you're playing with your pleasure with maybe even sensations or stimulation, like, okay, I'm at a three, like, do you want to take me further? Do you want to build this up even more? Like I'm all yours. And even just kind of focusing on that journey, being the passenger, pleasure, the driver can actually lead to the experience of fully surrendering and allowing orgasm to happen with a partner. So I think there's like some internal work that can really guide you to orgasm if you don't focus on it, as we all know, right? Letting pleasure guide you and just Mm -hmm. being a passenger. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I feel like that's one of the most common things I come across when someone comes to work with me and they're like, yeah, I really struggle to orgasm with a partner. Like um, I get really in my head or I feel guilty about receiving. It's like they don't they don't feel comfortable being in the receptive role and just surrendering and receiving. They they mm. feel like, you know, we've all just been so conditioned to be very giving mm. and, you know, it's all quite tit for tat and make sure it's equal and, oh, they're doing something nice to my body. They're going down on me. So I'm already like thinking about what I'm going to do to them next and, uh, you know, mm. I'll let them do that for a few minutes and then I've got to quickly, you know, get down there and return the favor. And it's very um, difficult for a lot of people to receive. Like, mm. do you relate to that? Do you feel like you come across that a fair bit as well, that inability to surrender and receive, just taking them out of the experience that would then lead to orgasm? Big time. Absolutely. And this is something that I struggled with. Uh, when I was first mm. learning about this, I was like, oh my God, what do you mean that I can fully like sit back and my partner can go down on me for like 30 minutes and I don't have to think about like quickly getting up and being like, no, let me suck your dick or let me do this. Um, so yes, on a personal level, I have absolutely been there. And on a professional level, working with clients, 
Absolutely. Like when Mm. I actually give women and people the permission and say, how do you feel about just receiving for 15 minutes? Like pop a timer on. And I find that this practice works really well for people who struggle to receive. You put a timer on, you put on for 15 minutes or however long, and you both do it. So it kind of quote unquote, forces you to fully receive for that 15 minutes. And that timer is like a permission slip for your brain to go, okay, it'll go off when the time is up. I don't even need to think about anything or about like, okay, how long has it been or what's just the time has got that. And you have this full kind of, what is it really? It's It's just a permission slip to fully practice surrender and then giving fully consciously and full body to your partner when it's their time and you don't have to think about them when you're receiving it's like oh I'm in heaven I just mm. get to receive this and I get to tell my partner I want like my inner thigh kissed I want my nipples sucked I want my feet massage you know you can just keep guiding them for 15 minutes and you know you know that there is going to be a return and you get to give them give to them as well but i just think it's such a beautiful practice to start training women and people that you're allowed to surrender you're allowed to fully receive and you're allowed to kind of like fuck up the narrative of you've got to give always give like give of yourself put others first it's like no 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 <laughs> not when it comes to pleasure <laughs> I know it's um it's something that's that's amazing because like I give that as homework all the time to people and I think it is a bit of a game changer Mm. you know that having the timer taking turns knowing that like you know you're actually okay to just totally receive because like you'll have your turn to give but that turn Mm. is not right now you know it just makes it a little bit clearer and gives them an experience that's not um muddied by that thing in the back of their mind where they're like oh I should be doing more or giving or like am I actually able to receive like you know is this equal what are they thinking mm. so yeah and and I love that there's like almost been a bit of a reclamation of um starfishing I think Rosie Reese talked about starfishing at some yes. point and I I like to call it like pillow princess because it was this really <laughs> like derogatory thing of like oh you don't want to be a starfish and just lie there and you know um but actually like I fucking love doing that and it's one of the ways that I feel the most pleasure and the most um sexy and adored and worshipped is like actually just getting to like fully switch off and mm. just be a total rag doll and, yes. and receive, you know, like yes. it's the best. Oh my God, it is the best <laughs> full reclamation of the starfish. At all yes. the, did you say the pillow princess? Pillow princess. Yeah. I love that. Oh my God. 100% uh, that's me down to a T. I will take that any day. <laughs> totally. Me too. Like I just, yeah. And it's the other thing that I, I like to remind people or like, you know, Um, get people to wrap their heads around is like receiving isn't selfish it's not taking in this in this sort of instance receiving is a gift that you're giving to your lover because Mm. it makes them feel good it gives them the opportunity to like you know give you 
pleasure and like explore your body and like makes them feel hot and turned on Mm. and like a bit of a king dick as well because you know (laughs) they get to see you in pleasure they get to like have this effect on you and really notice you enjoying it like it must be you know Mm. like when I'm massaging someone if I can feel that they're not fully receiving it if I can feel that they're in their heads or that they're you know, often people will try to help you. So I do kahuna massage and I'll like move their limbs around as I go and I'll Mm. notice their bodies tensing up and them trying to anticipate where I'm moving their limb and they'll do it for me. And I'm like, hey, 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 stop it. Stop that. Your muscles are engaging. You're trying to help me. You're thinking about like, you're not relaxed enough to be receiving and enjoying this. Like just be like dead body, honestly, just be a total rag doll. Um, And it really like, it takes people out of, out of, the experience of like just enjoying the pleasure and it's actually harder work for me and less enjoyable for me as the giver when I can feel that they're not totally receptive so Mm -hmm. it's actually a gift you can give someone just to like really lie there and surrender and receive what they're giving you know whether it's touch whether it's attention or whatever it's like really pleasurable for them to be giving if you're Mm. receiving that graciously and you know you're enjoying it so I think it's like a two-way street it's not as black and white as like oh well if I'm receiving that means that like I'm taking from them it's like a it's a reciprocal thing you know big time yeah and I know people who fully like to start off a sexy session they need to give to drop into it you know they need to Mm. Actually, they it turns them on. It sparks their arousal to actually give to a partner. So if you're then going, no, 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 let me give to you. It's like, no, but actually, like, this is part of my foreplay. I actually get really turned on by eating you out or kissing you or whatever. So I think there's also that in it as well. Like, your partner genuinely, full body, wants to give to you. Um, and when you reject that, which subconsciously maybe you reject it by going, oh, no, no, let me give to you because you can't fully receive, it's almost not allowing them to step into their arousal or their pleasure as well. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. (laughs) Love that you said eating me out. Like, I know, I know. (laughs) That just came out and I haven't (laughs) said that in years. So good. I'm oh all about God. like the crass, the crass and the crude. Like bring it on. I loved that. I was like, oh my goodness, Melissa. I'm in <laughs> it. Look out the I'm word here. plunge in a minute. <laughs> Hey, babe towns. So sorry to interrupt, but I simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've got to get around. It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. And there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast, inspiring and thought-provoking conversations, and support from a community of labial legends. I also have an account on the fab new app Sunroom, which is a platform created by women for women and non-binary folk, and where there's no shadow banning or censorship of sex-positive content, unlike with the other platforms that I'm on. So you can hit up my sunroom for extra content and real and raw life updates because I'll be sharing on there from now on all of the stuff that I can't post anywhere else. My vision for both of these is that they become really supportive, educational and hilarious resources for you to have more access to me and a safe space to ask questions that you can't ask anywhere else. So head over to the links in the show notes and I'll hopefully see you in there. 
And now, back to the episode. Uh, cool. So well, uh, <laughs> I reckon it's time for the segment Get Pregnant and Die. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? So this is where I ask people to share with me a story about their sex education, um, how it failed them, what they would have liked to have learned more about, just some kind of anecdote about your sex ed. Yeah, cool. So sex ed sucked, <laughs> first and foremost. Um, <laughs> and I really like now being in this work, I mean, there's a lot of things that they failed on and blessed they did their best. I went to a Christian school. So, you know, it was all about don't get pregnant and don't get an STI or STD. So I really feel like they focused well, they failed to focus on female pleasure and actually how different it is to male pleasure, especially on the topic that we're talking about today, having that understanding of you know, male pleasure and arousal and and stimulation can be very different to how a woman desires and enjoys to be stimulated and aroused. And to understand that would, I think anyway, alleviate the pressure that women put on themselves to have quick orgasms or to be able to explode just from like a few taps on your clitoris, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think they really (laughs) failed to focus on the difference between female pleasure and male pleasure. And also like there is similarities as well, but I think, yeah, so that, Mm. and, (laughs) and I think another piece as well um, is really failing to talk about the connection of vulnerability of relationships and sex and actually that it's okay and empowering and super fucking hot to be vulnerable instead Mm. of pretending to be like, you know, it all or pretending to be like you're a dragon in the sack or whatever, you know, to actually go, do you like what I'm doing to you? Are you enjoying this? Hey, I don't know. I've never like given a blowjob before. Can you tell me what to do? What, you know, just like that Mm. vulnerability being in high school, and knowing that actually that was powerful to be vulnerable would have been amazing mm. if they talked about that. Mm. Um, and then yeah. connection, you know, just understanding like sex is pleasurable and it can like get us all off, but actually the connection it can bring can be so beautiful to acknowledge and really learn about as well. Yeah, beautiful. Such a good answer. I totally concur with all of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. I want to like home in on the the topic a little bit uh, closer. Um, yeah. Like when it comes to, because I know a big part of uh, what might be holding us back and holding back our full expression or access to our own pleasure is shame. Um, and so like how, you know, when you're working with someone, how do you begin to help them, um, work on the shame, release the fear that's holding them back from like fully embodying their sexual selves and their sexual expression? Mm, Yes. Great question. 
Now, I think this is different for everybody, but I like a common way that I really take people through sexual shame is first creating a safe space for shame to land in. And it's going, you know what? I have shame too. And I've worked through lots of my shame. It's kind of popping me off a pedestal and going, I have shame too. And I've had to work through that. Mm -hmm. Like, let's pop it in this circle that we can create Mm -hmm. here. And, you know, if, and then we'll go through an embodied, practice of really closing down the eyes where do you feel shame in your body it's in my heart or it's my womb or it's between my legs um and then exploring Mm -hmm. what's there what have you been told and really going into what have you been told as a young girl right have you been told Mm -hmm. off for rubbing your clit against the table and you actually had no idea why why you were doing that but it just felt good or have you been caught by your parents masturbating and they said don't ever do that again or really unpacking what's there Mm -hmm. and I I really recommend starting from a younger age or you know what did you learn in school what did your religion teach you what did your parents teach you what didn't they teach you what did you feel lost about when you were at high school and just unpacking some of that stuff because a lot of people don't realize that oh well I slept with this guy and he told me that my vulva looked disgusting and I Mm. didn't even realize you know and that was at school and I thought it was you know, the mind kind of goes back to, okay, the last couple of years, like what's happened, but mm. starting back then, back, back, back then mm. is really powerful. Um, yeah. And then another layer to that is really sexual shame around what we desire, what we use, what we watch, um, what we dream of, what we fantasize about and really creating a safe space for all of that to land. Like, I have lots of people, this has been a really common theme lately of people saying like, I feel so much shame. I watch porn and it's like, cool. How can we look at that and actually go, can we be a hundred percent okay and give ourselves permission in this moment that I enjoy watching porn or can I be a hundred percent okay? The fact that I use a vibrator and just actually releasing the charge of what we're deeming as quote unquote bad or not good for us and just going, all right, let's just pop it in the circle. And actually just the energy of going, wow, okay, it's it's 100% okay that I watch porn. Like it's 100% mm. okay that I watch porn and just allowing the client to really just feel that and release the charge. And then from there, I think it's really important as well, like, yes, it's okay to kind of love our shame and have a safe space for it, but how can we create a new sexual narrative? Like what really serves you as a thriving sexual being? How do you want to live your life? What thoughts and values and beliefs do you have around your sexuality? Who is surrounding you when you're learning about your sexuality, right? Is is it a tribe of like women and naked around a fire that, you know, whatever, everyone's like liberated and they're celebrating mm. sexuality and there's education, is everyone using vibrators and it's a safe space to use vibrators or is it, you know, I think it's just really moving forward and going, okay, let's create a really epic sexual narrative that I can start living by and Mm. start living it. You know, if you don't want to watch porn anymore and you've had a lot of shame around it, work on that piece. How can I impact this? How can I maybe slow down my usage of it or change or get professional help or 
if I've had shame around my vulva, how can I actually start to look at her in the mirror and just start to appreciate her and go, fuck, she's beautiful. Wow. Like I've never (laughs) viewed her like this or I've never touched her like that. And just starting Mm. to unpack these little pockets that we hold on to because like you say, it is what blocks our pleasure. Sexual shame is the piece that people are afraid to look at. You know, it's like the shadow of the sexuality. Oh, don't go into that Mm. treasure chest. Like it's going to fuck you up if you go in there. And it's like, (laughs) actually, like our shame is so beautiful and it can be such a gold mine and like pivotal point to really change and accept who we are as sexual beings. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. So I was going to ask you about your kind of uh, history with all this stuff and obviously you've wound up working in this field, but I, I would love to know like what difficulties did you have with this stuff in the past? And then, um, yeah, what juiciness did you find when you started working on your shame? What did you, you know, this? did you go through this process with yourself? Mm. So I didn't go through that exact process with myself. That's definitely something that I've learned in my professional career and I wish I had gone through it with myself, but I think it really started probably around my vulva and someone making Mm. a comment about it when everyone was drunk one time and I was like, oh my God, I'm not normal, like Mm. shut down. And then that really affected who I dated and who I Mm. allowed in my sacred space um and yeah it would be it was Mm. one of those moments where it's like okay I've got to get fucking wasted so that I can just numb that little piece that comment that I held on to for for years like it was such a piece of uh Mm. shame that I had and so that was a piece and then also just being the ultimate performer in the bedroom like I did not give a shit about my own pleasure or my own like Mm. orgasmic equality whatever that means (laughs) but it was like I'm here to please you and don't worry I will I will satisfy you and that came from catching my boyfriend at the time watching porn I left for work that morning I forgot something, raced back home, um, went through the front door, went into our bedroom, and he was lying there, laptop up, like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) And then I was, and at that age, I think I was 20, I I don't think I had actually seen porn before. It just Mm. kind of wasn't that accessible to me. So I, I was just beside myself and couldn't believe what he was watching. I mean, it was like your general play out role play porn and kind of a woman just getting, um, <laughs> I am not a crass word here. Like pounded. Just, just getting going. railed. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> 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 Absolutely slammed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like also no shame around that. If you enjoy that, then hundred percent. I love that sometimes as well when I'm really turned on. But in this instant, I was shocked and it made me really go into like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're getting turned on by other women. And then I started Googling it myself and watching what they did and then just mimicked 
what they did Uh, and it was like I was so out of body and I was like how do I make myself spray like that like I'm not good enough the fact that I can just an orgasm like this how do I ejaculate Mm. like a shower head um and (laughs) it was just so out of body and I was like that for freaking years I would say like at least eight years um yeah wow until yeah I went to my first workshop and then obviously it was all about understanding sex and it was female pleasure focused um and that was just like holy shit what have I been doing Mm. like I didn't realize Mm. that my pleasure was important didn't realize that I have to figure out what I actually like in bed like what the hell does that mean um so yeah there were a lot of things that kind of took me to this work but this workshop was what made me want to explore more um and then over that time slowly I decided to go okay this is something that I want to help people with as well Mm. because it has changed my life fully totally yeah that's so beautiful Mm. um so I guess like my next question is like, what do you feel like through, you know, your own experience personally and professionally, what's, what's the, it's, it's pretty, now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, mm, this question, <laughs> what's the key to feeling confident and liberated in the bedroom? And like, where do we start? Like, where do you start when you're coaching a woman on this area? And that's a fucking huge question. I don't know if you can do no. it down to like one key. Ugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, what's your approach and how do we where where do we start yeah I love it so I'm just like trying to close my eyes and thinking to like fuck this I've got like a hundred keys in front of me but I'm just allowing one key to float up here and I think it's honestly for me what it came down to is getting to know yourself like sexual confidence came from knowing that one I am worthy of pleasure my body is enough um what I desire is beautiful what I fantasize about or what my kinks are is fucking delicious and it was just I think it's about claiming everything that makes you tick is like yes and that's a part of me yes and Mm. that's a part of me and the more you claim something and go yep this is mine I'm owning it anybody can come along and try and go, oh my God, you're into like hard spanking or you're into that. It's like, fuck yeah, I am. Have you ever tried it? Rather than like, oh my God, should I not be? Or am I not worthy enough of being like, am I not beautiful enough to get spanked really hard or something? You know, it's just Mm. the more you own it, the more you feel liberated in yourself, no matter what it is, right? Mm. Your kinks, your desires, your fantasies, whatever it is. The more you say yes to what it is that you desire, what you want, what turns you on, what lights you up, the more embodied you are and the more confident you become. And for me, that is the key to becoming confident. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Backing yourself and knowing that like what everyone else doesn't really think, what what everyone else thinks doesn't matter. It's, Mm. you know, what you enjoy is so valid and everyone's so unique when it comes to that. And also like, even if you think that you're into something that's really, really fringe and it's really like weird or unusual or uncommon, like there are definitely plenty of other people out there that are also into it you know like yeah and probably deeper you know I think some people I had a friend who was like oh my gosh don't tell anyone but I like choking I was like hey that's like 
Choking's all good. I think like 80% of the population probably loves a bit of a choke every now and again. <laughs> and in her mind, it was just like the worst thing. And she just felt so much shame about it. I was like, people are doing, and not to like make it good or bad or worse or better. I was like, people are doing some epic stuff in the kink and fantasy world. Like choking will be you know something that I'm trying to be careful with what I say here but you know I think it's like a beginner's thing um totally it's yeah it's like it's pretty low-key compared to (laughs) the stuff that's being done like honestly if you go from like if you're thinking like spanking and choking at one end of the spectrum and like full-blown like bloodletting and shit at the other end it's like (laughs) dude it's chill (laughs) oh it's just choking (laughs) yeah you're so vanilla (laughs) basic totally yeah I feel so incredibly vanilla like I think because I'm in this industry everyone assumes I'm like massively just super out there and like a huge you know kinkster (laughs) and all of the things and um and like it's like I know about all the stuff I I like understand you know as much as I can like why people are into it and I'm really Mm. really open and non-judgmental about it um but I also like it's also most of it's not my thing and so it, it was like a bit of a thing for me I mean, I haven't really minded too much, but in the beginning I was like a little tiny bit like, you know, insecure or had a bit of imposter syndrome about being a sex coach who like like isn't super um, kinky, you know, and it's like it's actually so beautiful and fun and I like totally love being vanilla, but sometimes I'm like, well, wouldn't it just be a little bit more exciting and diverse <laughs> and cool if I was into more, you know, different stuff? And it's like, you know, it's not that I haven't like tried and explored. It's not like I'm just shut off from it. I've definitely tried, but it's just not, you know, it just doesn't do it for me at the moment. Maybe it will down the track. Um, but yeah, really? it's funny. Like, you know, I'll get clients like asking me about certain things and it's like I can give them theoretical knowledge and and tips and whatever and also just provide a really like safe non-judgmental space to chat about it and bounce Mm. off but I don't personally have any experience with like some of these things that people are coming to me about and I'm like oh amazing cool you're into that sweet like never done it myself but uh (laughs) yes and like I feel like I have also moved through that similarly as well like I put up a a quiz I think it was last year and it's like what's my favorite position and it's fucking missionary I love that beast of a position and people are like oh my god no way I thought you'd be like some like name that you couldn't even pronounce I was like absolutely not it's a like it's an OG position for a reason girlfriend totally totally even like I bought shibari ropes like I kid you not probably eight months ago and I've never used them I was like yes we must learn shibari darling and like let's get into it and there's still like barcodes on everything oh totally And there's coaches who are like kink coaches or kink educators Mm. or like I even had someone say like, oh my gosh, you don't know. Like I thought you would just coach people about polyamory and non-monogamous relationships. I was like, I can exactly what you said. I can like create a safe space for that. And I can tell you what to do around trust and safety, but it's also not my jam. Like I don't have a ton of desire to learn about polyamory or non-monogamy in relationship, you know? Mm. So it's like we specialize in these things. Um, but yeah, even 
at we were camping one time and Steve, my partner, his mate was I met and Mal, what do you do? And, you know, I even had shame around telling people I was a sex coach for the first year. I was like, I work in women's well wellness. I, I yeah. work in like women's health. And yeah. then I was like, fuck this. Like I'm doing this job. I'm going to claim it and I can deal with other people's reactions. And this was just a typical male. No, I don't want to say that. They're not all like this. <laughs> but it was like, I'm a holistic sex coach. And he was like, tap Steve on the chest he was like oh buddy nice one and I was like fucking wanker and I was like what do you mean nice one like tell me about that and he was like well you know I was like no I don't do tell me what you think like do you think we're hanging each other up by ropes most nights and doing you know what's going through your head right now and it was just so funny to unpack what he was thinking when I said I'm a sex coach. You know, it's just this idea of what we do. Totally. Oh, my God, that's so fucking relatable for me. Like I can't <laughs> even tell you how many conversations <laughs> I've had like that. Oh, and even if they don't say anything, you can watch oh. it going through their minds and you're just like, oh, God, look, like, yeah. come on, you tosser. Um, <laughs> fucking wanker I think I'm gonna do a reel on that one day being like I'm a sex coach and then just all the different things that people think you do as a sex coach yeah my god that's a great idea fuck (laughs) well I'll remix it (laughs) I really don't know how to use reels and remixes and stuff Uh, (laughs) oh god we can collab that'd be hilarious I love it because I've got like a um actually that reminded me I made a reel of um um, listen to us fucking generally talking about real. <laughs> um, I made a reel about, yeah, that exact situation where someone's like, oh, so, uh, hey, Freya, what do you do for work? And I'm just like, and then it cuts away to like, um, me kind of like having to think. And, and then this video of all of my like vagina, pussy, cunt, like sex books just spread out over the coffee table with like sex toys and pussy magnets that I make, like all this sex stuff. And I'm just like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm just self-employed, you know, like work in women's (laughs) health because I fully used to do that too. I used to just be like, oh, I can't be bothered with this. I'm just going to say like, it's just easier. It's more palatable. It doesn't Mm. warrant too many follow-up questions. Like I I wouldn't do it with everyone, but sometimes I was yes. like, oh, I'm just going to pick my battle here and I, I, I cannot be bothered. I cannot be bothered with this. Like, I'm so pre- impressed with you that you actually, like, you know, act, like confronted that and, and unpacked it. Mm. And we're like, what do you mean? Like, no, no, like, tell me what's going through your head. Cause, like, yeah. so many, so many occasions, like, I've just, like, oh, I just can't be bothered. And so I just yeah. let it slide. But then I'm like, ew, that made me feel gross. Like, fuck yes. you for making assumptions. I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, given I'd had a few drinks, so I was like, no, let's fucking go there. You want to go? Let's nice. go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fucking sex coach you right now about your yeah. like your latent shame and assumptions about <laughs> totally. this. Yeah. Oh, I feel God. we've got some shame. Let's talk about this. Let's get into the body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Um, cool. Well, how do you feel about doing the segment TMI? Because I know it's tricky to think of a story on the spot. If you don't have one, I can try to rustle up something. But yeah, do you have anything that jumps to mind? <laughs> Excuse the interruption, my loves, but I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because as I'm sure you've noticed by now, 
it's pretty fab. And the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. Reviews and ratings help me curry favor with the algorithmic gods and get suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel really good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. And I promise I don't maz over them or anything. I mostly just tuck them away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed, which is fairly frequently. (laughs) So you see, leaving a review really does make a difference and it's an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Choose your poison, or if you're a real overachiever, you could do both. Whoa now. If you are writing a review, though, just be sure to only use G-rated words, because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality, words like sex can be censored and your review won't actually show up. Lame. Anyway, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, you're going to go do it right now while I wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. May as well just quickly click that five-star button before we get on with it and, you know, like forget about it and get on with your day. Um, um, oh, I'm hearing them roll in. I'm hearing those five stars. <laughs> oh my God, I make myself cringe. Anyway, uh, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem and I'll let you get back to the episode now. <laughs> I don't. And I was trying to think of this and I was like, come on, something will come through. Like I want to, if it's going to be TMI, it's going to be TMI. You know, I don't want to be bringing just like, oh, and we like fucked in the bush and someone caught us. (laughs) Like I want to go all in. So right now I don't have anything that's coming to me, which sucks because I'm a dirty <laughs> Where am I going with dirty this? Bad. <laughs> dirty bird, and I've got lots of shit to say. Um, so I don't. Do you have something to cover me? Um, totally, always. Um, I've done a few episodes that were like purely dedicated to TMI stories. So I have a big list of ones that listeners sent in, and like ones of mine and my friends, but ones just springing to mind. Um, that I haven't spoken about on this podcast and it's just like the sweetest, funniest thing. Um, So uh, a client of mine from years ago who's now become a friend, her late husband um, and her, they just sound like, I met her after he'd already died and it's it's just heartbreaking because they were together like 19 years. It sounds like the most just phenomenal connection and relationship. And she's now gone on to become a, a sex coach um, as well. And so she sent me some really funny ones and she was telling me about how her and her husband used to do this thing where like they'd be at a you know just like a family thing or a Christmas lunch or whatever and they would really really like subtly just sort of dip a finger down their butt crack oh my god and then kind of sidle up to the person while they're like chatting to you know the mother-in-law or whatever and just sort of um gently swipe the butt crack sweat finger underneath their nose like along the top (laughs) lip and just be like and get like a little little whiff of like crack sweat (laughs) and it just I lost it I was like you fucking be like that's epic you know so good uh, yeah so good so much (laughs) I've actually done that to Steve where I'm just like babe smell this and he's oh Jesus Christ what is that (laughs) I'm just like my butt (laughs) (laughs) 
Let's go. Funny. They've got to bring it to the party. I know. And like they've got teenage kids and stuff. And, and you know, I was just picturing, I think she's in her 40s or something. I was just picturing this like, yeah. you know, married couple, like living the adult life, just doing fun, little, playful, hilarious things like that. And I was like, fuck you guys. I, think, I love that. Honestly, I feel like that's the essence to a relationship, like long lasting relationship is play, isn't it? Like it's yeah. just yeah. to be able to play with each other like that and just have fun. Fuck, it's good. Mm. Like great sex mm. comes from play. Yes, cannot agree with that more. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Everyone who <laughs> listens to this podcast obviously knows I'm all about that. Most of my TMI stories are like ridiculous and <laughs> yeah, all involving play and humor and just being yes. kind of silly and like a bit childlike, you know, it's very important. <laughs> so important. Oh my God, Steve mm. and I did this thing this course last year it was with Leila Martin and one of the um, modules was about being an animal and I kid you not I've never said this on live and I was I think I had to be a cow and I was on all fours mooing while Steve was riding me and I had to walk around the house mooing and like it was all about bringing I'm laughing because it's just like me walking around naked on all fours, mooing, and Steve naked on top of me, like riding, and we're both just giggling our asses off. I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, I cannot believe we're doing this right now. But we were in fits of laughter. I was like, I guess that's what it was meant to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's so fucking good for you to laugh, like deep belly laugh as well. Like, if someone's Mm. able to fully lose their shit like laughing then you're probably you've got a better chance at like fully losing your shit in an orgasm as well you know like yeah it's just oh play yeah (laughs) I know Lucky, Lucky and I like often um we yeah it's always a bit silly but we have this like whole running thing where we come up with um we call them combo moves and like they've got (laughs) levels of like how pro they are and like they're definitely not actually erotically enjoyable but they're like really (laughs) funny so we'll like you know we'll we'll be like kind of fucking and see if we can somehow get someone's toe in a mouth and a finger (laughs) in a butt like you know just see if we can like contort ourselves and do like some really elaborate pro combo move and just be like wow we're like sexual connoisseurs babe like fucking high five and it's like not actually enjoyable but it's very funny (laughs) that's not vanilla I feel some spiciness (laughs) it's funny because like it doesn't actually get us off in any way that we're erotically turned on by it but we're just like we're like humorously turned on by it because like the sense of humor is you know such a big part of both of us and what we love about each other so yeah if you want to see like the best combo move we've ever come up with that is actually like physically impossible so we got our like artist friend to draw it for us we call it the um the fuck what do we what did I name it the cosmic reach around or the (laughs) fucking oh my god I can't even transcendental wristy that's right oh we've got too many different ones (laughs) um and it's like, it's like, it's hard to describe, but I'll put a photo on the Facebook group of this drawing because I've basically put it on t-shirts and fanny packs and made merch out of it because it's just so funny. Um, and it's like his, so his dick going in my vagina all the way up coming out of my mouth 
and then my hand going up his bum all the way up coming out of his mouth and then giving his dick a wrist. Oh, my God. I love this. I was hoping you would go there. Oh, my gosh. I love this so much. I need to see Uh, it. Yeah. Oh, I'll send you a a photo. You you can order a T-shirt if you like. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. For Steve. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. To work. (laughs) oh fuck love it okay well just because i'm conscious of time i want to get like back on track so that we can wrap up with some um yeah some like practical i guess tools and techniques that people can use um that help them get out of their heads when they're having sex because i feel like a lot Mm. of the time it comes you know whether it's because they're sidetracked by shame or insecurities or self-consciousness or overthinking it's pretty much coming like a lot of the time it's coming back to like I can't get out of my head and into my body I can't be present in my body because of what's going on in my head so like what are some of your favorite techniques that you find to be effective for this Mm. I mean so something that I've recently explored with a lot a lot of clients I mean there's the usual breath right taking a breath resetting the mind getting back into the body there's sound like communicating with your partner or there's an audible exhale like I just need to take a moment Um, and there's also movement so I think breath sound movement we hear those all the time really movement even just shimmying your hips or stretching out your arms or even thrusting Mm. rocking your hips back and forth I think a lot of people are wooden planks and it's like come on make that happen squeeze it out but something that I have found so juicy is actually going what about if it's not coming out of your head and what about if it's using your head to get in your body and I've found Mm. that this little sentence has really helped people not force themselves to be like, I've got to get my body. I've got to get my body. It's like, I'm in my head. I'm noticing in my head. How can I then go, oh, and I'm experiencing pleasure in my clitoris. I'm going to use my mind to hone in or focus on the sensation that I'm feeling in my clitoris. And I find that even just this saying, how can we use our mind to get into the body has helped so many clients just go, oh, so I don't have to like put pressure on myself to get into my body because for some people, they don't even know what that means. You know, it's like the mind's job is to think. The mind's job is busy. When we're in stillness, the mind, like we're so much more aware of our mind. So rather than trying to get out of it, which can cause a lot of tension and frustration. What about staying in there, but just putting it to work and using it. So focusing on your body, focusing on even your heartbeat, focusing on like the wetness of your pussy, focusing on relaxing your muscles. And for me, this has just been groundbreaking for clients that have gone, oh my God, that was the piece that has helped me. I can, I don't have to get out of my mind. I can use it to stay in my body or use it to get back into my body and experience pleasure and orgasm. Oh my God. I reckon that's probably the most practical tip anyone's ever given on this (laughs) podcast. Like that's so good. It's like, you know, people like we, we, a lot of the time we think that meditation is all about you know, stilling the mind and clearing it and having nothing going on in there. And it's like, nah, that's actually like so limiting and it makes everyone feel like they're shit at meditation. Yes. 
me included. It's like, <laughs> no, like use the mind and, and actually just get familiar with how you can be a bit more agile in there. And like when yes. I think about, okay, I've got to get more in the body, it doesn't automatically happen. I have to use my mind to focus on where I'm being touched or the physical sensation or the thing I want right. to um, really like tune into in my physical body. So it's like you can't isolate one or the other, you know? Mm, yeah. And I feel like for beginners or people who are wanting to deepen their experiences, just saying it like use your mind to get into your body is just like mm. Great. That like yep. for me, I can comprehend that. So I'm not yep. not now focusing on like where I'm experiencing pleasure, getting out of my head, breathing, moving, sounding. It's just like, fuck yeah, let's use this phenomenal, powerful thing, which is the mind, to get into the body and have incredible experiences. Like, how mm. can we just you know, it's that integrative experience, right? Mind, body, they are as one, mm. rather than just going just the body, we always need the mind. Um, mm. and a client actually taught me that a client said, I've been trying to get out of my head, but you know, don't you use the mind to get into your body? And I was like, Oh my God, genius. Yes, of course we do. Like, what have you been trying to do? And she was like, well, I don't know, just eliminate my mind and fully get out of it and just be in my body. I was like, imagine if someone could actually do that, <laughs> you know, and that mm. I got that concept from her because she had been fully trying to get out of her mind, like nothing exists there and just get in her body. I was like, that's impossible. Yeah. So let's yeah. just change that, um, that belief. Totally. It's such a valuable reframe because mm. I think, yeah, like a lot of the language um, and tips or phrases that get used, especially in like I found in tantric or sacred sexuality um, realms, so much of it was just completely like nebulous. Like, yeah, like I had mm. no like concept of what they meant by what they were saying. I'm like, how the fuck do I do that? What does that even mean? Like yeah. this language is totally inaccessible to me. Like I feel more yes. isolated. I feel like I can't relate to that and therefore it must be something wrong with me. Like I feel yes. like the way you've just like reframed that is so valuable and relatable and just like easy to practice, like easy to apply. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And just a lot more inviting, right? It's like, oh, yeah. so I don't have to do too much. You know, people are like, okay, I've got to get in the body, just like what I kind of said before. I've got to get in the body. I've got to do it like this. I've got to make sure that I can move. I've got to breathe at the same time. It's like, sister, take a breath and like, let's make this as easy <laughs> as possible so you can just experience some epic pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so what about if like, cause I know the topic is orgasming with the partner, but what if a woman has trouble orgasming just in general, even when she's on her own? Mm. So, I mean, and it depends how long you've been experiencing this for, right? Is, have you been experiencing this all your life? Are you, you know, is it a stage in your life that you're at like menopause or postpartum or things like that? So that's something to take into consideration. If you have never orgasmed before, I think something really beautiful, and I learned this from Bonnie, is actually starting to get professional support. And knowing mm. like you don't have to do that on your own. You don't have to start trying to learn the whole world of orgasming on your own. And something that I recommend is going to yoni mappers. And I know that you're a yoni mm. mapper as well. And actually having someone mm. go 
this is what Bonnie did for me. Like, here's your A spot, here's your G spot. And like Mm. teaching me about my body. So I could then go, cool, thanks. And now I can explore it and actually learning like ways to touch yourself, ways to create desire in your body, ways to really connect Mm. with your body. Because a lot of people just assume that we're born with an orgasmic gift. It's like, oh, yes, everyone's just, you just should know how to do that. And you should know what you're doing. <laughs> you should know how to connect with yourself and touch yourself and pleasure yourself. And some people are like, mm. I have no idea. You know, when I say to somebody, I talked to somebody last week and she was like, I have no idea how to touch my um, vulva. And I was like, okay, here's five ways to do it. She was like, whoa, I would never think about like massaging my inner labia or brushing down my vulva. Like I would never think about that. Mm. And it just made me realize like, oh, yes, remember the basics. Remember just how to touch and connect. Like it is so underrated, just the basics. Mm. Like, and get fucking familiar with your clitoris. Like that beauty (laughs) is made for pleasure. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there is so much to say about this, but I think rather than overwhelming someone of like, do all of these things and you'll be able to orgasm in 10 minutes, it's it's going, how can you reach out for support, um, with somebody who's really well qualified and then start your like door of the sexual explorer or orgasmic explorer um, (laughs) and start creating connection and learning about your body. And like Mm. we've mentioned, this whole podcast is not focusing on orgasm. I know it's frustrating. I know you want to get there, but also I think something that I've actually um, given to clients is even if you've never orgasmed, going into a self-pleasuring session and going, okay, I am not going to orgasm today. Like, nope, I'm not going to let you orgasm and creating that Mm. tension within your body. It's like, no, no, no. Even if I get close, I promise myself I'm not going to orgasm. And it's just taking that pressure, that experience away and exploring your body. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Just taking the pressure off all the expectations, getting rid of Mm. those. Yeah. Really beautiful. Hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote, tea, togs. Yep. You heard that right. I even have labia lounge bathers or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. So uh, if fashion isn't your passion, though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte, because I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. (laughs) You can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also have a Sunroom profile over on the Sunroom app, as I've mentioned, And I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. Um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. 
Oh, so valuable. This has been such a jam-packed episode. Um, Do you have any like parting words of advice or hope that you'd like to leave listeners with if, you know, this is something they're struggling with? Like everything you've been saying is just so, 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 yeah, valuable and I bet will be incredibly validating and helpful for people. But is there anything that I've missed or anything you'd love to just end with? Well, I feel like there's this little cherry that I'm just going to say. And it's to make your pleasure a priority and it's to really go, yep, I am worthy of pleasure. And yes, I am going to carve out this time for my pleasure or I'm going to connect to my pleasure. And it's just going, well, it's like reframing that I don't have time for myself or I don't have time for that and reframing it and opening yourself to pleasure um, and making it a priority, making it a priority with your partner saying, I'm exploring my pleasure. It's it's like I really want to make it a key part of our sessions now or just claiming it and making it a priority with yourself and with your partners. Mm, love that. Thank you so much. So is there, uh, I mean, I'll put all the links in the show notes um, for everyone to check out your work. I'd highly recommend following Melissa. Like she puts out epic content and is obviously incredibly knowledgeable and just very, yeah, I love, you're just gorgeous. I love your approach. You're very, very relatable, very safe and, I don't know, accessible. So I really appreciate that Mm -hmm. about you. Um, Beautiful. Well, where can people find you online? So I think... The hotspot is definitely the gram um, mm-hmm. at Melissa Vrangis, and I'm sure you'll pop the link. I'm not going to spell out mm-hmm. Z name, but that's <laughs> definitely the place to go and where you'll find just lots of great education, information, and mm. support. Yeah, and those reels that we are we're talking about, we have to get on <laughs> oh, to I those. <laughs> we are doing those. Literally, I'm so excited to do them. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Mel. It's been an absolute treat. Yeah. And thank you so much. Thank you for the beautiful words you said about me before. And Mm -hmm. also just want to celebrate and honor the work that you do and the foundations that you really teach from as well. I really respect and honor your work. And this has just Mm -hmm. been such a great, fun, um, raw (laughs) (laughs) like um, conversation. So, and thank you for bringing out the like, eating me out and me. <laughs> I haven't said that since high school, so I'm glad this conversation brought that out. That's so good. It seems to be a little gift of mine, actually. A few different <laughs> people and friends have said that. They're like, you are actually not even like, you, there's no rating. You're like unclassified rating. It brings out all of the most raw dog, like crude parts of people. And I just, I feel like, I feel like that's a really good compliment. So I'm really stoked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huge compliment yeah all right my love thank you i'll chat to you soon all right bye bye and that's it darling hearts thank you for stopping by the labia lounge your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double l action next time and in the meantime if you'd be a dear and subscribe share this episode or leave a review on itunes then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that my dear is a downright act of sex positive feminist activism And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. 
Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT, and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.